0: Welcome to the Parenting Podcast. Moms, wherever you are in your parenting journey, or however you became a mom, we want to come alongside, addressing your questions and concerns with helpful insight to lighten your load as we dive into the reality of parenting. We are your co hosts, Cheryl and Ellen, and we want to share practical answers, but our goal is to have relevant discussions that give you heart and strengthen you both today and for the years ahead. So join us now at the TPP table as we share together, helping you flourish and bringing your heart hope. It's interesting, Ellen, because we're getting ready to talk through the seasons of parenting, and we're starting off here with the first season. I'm going to ask you basically the same question I did when we started our discussion on chores. How do you think your life, B.C., before children, prepared you or didn't prepare you for parenting?
1: Oh, I was completely unprepared for parenting. I was just one of two children, and then I didn't like to babysit because I didn't think they paid enough. (laughs) And... (laughs) So I really had very, very little experience with children, and the first newborn baby I ever held was my own son.
0: No way. Yeah. When you say you weren't prepared, you literally— I
1: literally—because I, I figured I started actually working, working. So at... you never gave a
0: bottle? No. You, you, you've never changed a diaper? No.
1: And that was all the reasons I didn't like babysitting. So as soon as I could, when my girlfriend could drive, we got a job at Jack in the
0: Box together, because to me, that was a lot more fun than babysitting. So you weren't prepared. No. Because you didn't do anything. I was the oldest daughter. There were four of us. And I did so much child care and taking care, and I washed my little sisters, and I helped a lot, diapered and... So everything. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time, and I was a baby person, and so I did a lot of That lot. was really fun for you. <laughs> and I did a lot of uh, babysitting, all of it. Yeah. Nothing prepared me for motherhood <laughs> because it was like an entirely new universe when Rebecca showed up on the scene. That's right, because that's your first baby. Oh. It, nothing applied. Yeah. Because this was... Our daughter. Mm -hmm. And I cared more for her life than I did for mine. And I never felt that. Yeah. Even my little sisters, I loved them, but it it was completely different.
1: And all the heaviness of the responsibility. As they say, the buck stops here.
0: It is true. And so there's a lot for that first season. And so I'm excited about what we can talk about and hopefully maybe equip and encourage moms Mm -hmm. with what we share.
1: Yeah, this information spills over into the other years and Absolutely. the older years, and and really all sorts of adult relationships that we have with people. This episode, we're going to be talking about the early years of childhood and things that are some of the things that are involved in that. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the words that's really important in those early years is imprinting, and you have an understanding of that. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, <But. laughs> whether I did it well or not. It's a fascinating thing. The cutest example of imprinting is baby ducklings because we all know how adorable they are. And the, what happens, the way they were created, God put into them that whatever they see when they break out of their shell, that's what they follow. So vast majority of cases, they see their mom and I think it's the first week they're born, they can swim. So wow. the mom will take them soon into the water because a lot of times they're safer in the water than they right, are down on, the shore. on the shore. Yeah, And so that's called imprinting. And what they found if the mom's not around when they happen to hatch. If it's the farmer or some other animal in the barnyard or something, those babies will imprint. And they will follow and do what... The, the first thing them.
1: they saw. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: That's a principle for this season. Our children are imprinting following us. Because like we've used the idea of a hiking guide. Yeah. That we're the hiking guide and they're imprinting falling behind us and learning from us. That's a good idea. Yeah.
1: Talking about that, that reminds me of this funny story with my kids when they were young. And one day all the kids got dressed up in their dress-up clothes and got all ready. And they had purses and just they had high heels on and they were little. And then I hear one of my daughters go, come on, let's go to the bar. (laughs) And my heart skipped a beat. I went, why are they thinking they can go to the bar? I know we live in Las Vegas.
0: Las Vegas, every other building. Yeah, but they
1: didn't know what a bar was. We didn't go to bars, but they didn't know. And then I stayed pretty calm. And I finally said, Oh, where where are you going? You're going to the bar? Yeah, we're going to the salad bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, Yay.
0: <laughs> wow. You get an A plus on that. <laughs> because I think like calling it imprinting. Yes. So much more in this season, more than even maybe the others, so many things are caught rather than taught.
1: Yeah, that is so true. Yeah.
0: And so they had caught something from you, but what you really taught them is the way you responded to them. Because not to make it a big thing, but let's take it as a test case, because... I will say a lot of my life, I have reacted. And you said you stopped yourself.
1: Yes, because my brain reacted in,
0: oh my gosh. <laughs> and you responded. Yes. Because the moms listening to us, you and me, all of us have different circumstances. We have all the different choices. There maybe. <laughs> 50,000 websites of people telling you what to do with your little children. Yeah, that is so true. And so you can choose whatever pattern you're going to do or your chore charts or how you're going to feed them, what you're going to do. But those are really the trappings because what's really important is their hearts, Ellen. Mm -hmm. When we look at everything else, and certainly as we have the perspective of years looking back, it wasn't it wasn't the details of things because when they're six or seven or 10 or 20 it's their hearts mm-hmm. and their souls all the rest of their lives what are they getting from us how are we imprinting yes into their souls yeah mary that's a very good point
1: yeah now that i think back on it i did do the right thing. Yeah. I, I in my head I was reacting, <laughs> but I calmed down enough and took a deep breath, and I responded properly okay, to them.
0: So I think that's really good. If we're talking about what we want them to catch from us, yes, and it's their hearts we care about, then this huge divide between reacting and responding, or being responsive to them, so, rather than reacting. And both of us are reacting type people. We tend to be positive or negative. The term reacting, I'm coming out of my emotions. Yes. And I have to change if I'm going to be responsive. And I'll tell you, hands down, when we use this word responsive, actually when psychologists and all the studies and the writing, everyone agrees that this warmth, emotional responsiveness to our children is what builds their hearts and souls to flourish better in life. Yeah. If, let me give you two examples, actually, I think about in my life. And they're both benign things, but I think it's a good example of what we're talking about, reacting or responding. Because reacting, sometimes you think screaming and yelling. Okay, again, I didn't know anything. I was trying to figure it all out. One of the things in figuring out With Rebecca, first, I had decided it would be so selfish of me if I didn't always respond immediately to her. But now I'm understanding it's actually react to her. And if I let her cry because I was doing something else, I thought it was selfish. I can literally remember being in the shower and it felt so good and the warmth and enjoying it. And I would turn the show off and listen to see if she oh. she's awakened. And I thought, this was good parenting because I'm...
1: Being ris- constantly oh, attentive. So <laughs>
0: attentive. And I'm not being selfish. And back then, we used cloth diapers because it was cheaper. All and right. also, it was sunshine on the cloth is healthier and all of that. And so I can remember hanging up the diapers in the backyard and going to the window and listening because... I thought that was being an attentive
1: mother. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's With your firstborn. I know.
0: But actually, I was being a reactive mother because I was coming out of emotion instead of responding with what she really needed. Because if we put that on extending it, if I had continued that, what would she have learned? Because this is about character and soul building she would have learned the world revolves around me. Mm-hmm. Selfishness, self-centeredness, it's all about me. Self-focus, everyone is here for me. And what I want, immediate gratification.
1: And really what you're saying, it isn't what you did or didn't do. It was what was inside your heart. And, you know, and the, Yes, you know, and it was an emotional decision, yes.
0: not Well thought out. And then there's another time, thankful that I had learned, but this was a new one to me. So I was in the kitchen, and I don't know what I was doing. I was cooking or cleaning up. I think I was cleaning the kitchen. And she came out and said, mom, mom, come and look. And so she was two and a half or three, and Rebecca talked well, so it's hard to know. She was under three. So she said, come here, I want to show you this, whatever she was doing. And I said, just a minute, because I have to finish this up. So see, I had learned that I I cared more about her to develop her heart and learning that she had to wait some. And so I was responding rather than reacting. And she said, okay, so she went back to her room. I finished and my first thought was, okay, I could do another load of laundry first because she was happy. And I'm so thankful because I took the time and I waited and I thought, no, this is one of those huge teaching moments Am I going to be a mom that she can trust with consistency that I'll do what I say I'll do? So she feels sort of the security of saying, oh, I don't mind waiting. Because because mom's going to keep her word and she's going to come. So I'm amazed because as we're talking about this, I actually did what we're talking about. Yeah, and you actually thought about it. Ellen, what does it take so that we can learn to be this? Because I don't know a mother that doesn't care about their child's heart, but... Like my two examples, I just didn't know. And same with you. I- yeah, when when you're in those
1: those early imprinting years, it is really hard because you're, especially if it's your first one, you're learning as you go. You're mm-hmm. learning on the job, as mm-hmm. they say. And I know that I'm a very reactive person, but I've learned to be more responsive because usually reactive doesn't always have a good ending.
0: Okay. When you study how. Our brains were created. The reacting, we're in, stuck in emotions, yeah. and it's reacting. Very interesting, they say just two breaths. If You slow down and take two breaths, that it gives you time for your brain to get to the thinking, responding area. Yes, that makes and sense. You have this kind of information, but even the two of us, we didn't have this information. But the first example with the running to the window and all of that I was reacting out of my emotions and maybe probably even some fear fear that she would feel abandoned if she had to cry for more than five seconds. Yeah. And I wasn't holding her. Yeah. And the other, I slowed down. And like I said, if, if you're in those two breaths, it really does work. Two breaths, and then you can think through and respond. And that's
1: such good training for all of us as humans. It sure is. Because you can't always control how you react internally, but you can control how you want to respond to it. That's right. And that's what true. we're trying to do. We're trying to help our children learn how to respond as well as us. And they can only learn that if we're responding properly. Well,
0: that goes back to the cult rather than touch. Yeah. If we're reacting out of our emotions, yes. and in the moment, what are we teaching them? And then if we are taking our time, breathing, and it's a really great thing. I've seen parents do it. Literally, when their children are melting and reacting completely out of their emotions, help them slow down, take a couple of breaths, get a little control over the emotion, and then they're able to talk about it. I can't do that when I'm triggered.
1: No, I can't either, yes, yes.
0: (laughs) So, if this is... The way we want to help these young moms. And I know some may be disappointed saying, oh, we thought you'd give us <laughs> yeah the the Yeah,
1: the five steps. To prefer- However,
0: there's so much information I know. out there. You
1: guys have the, the world at your fingertips with the Internet, <laughs> and you can find lots of good information.
0: A suggestion. I would say use this kind of information as a lens. Are they teaching you? Like a filter? Yeah, a filter. Yeah. Is this website, is this person, is this guru, is this podcast helping you to learn through the filter of responding warmly to your children, concerned about their heart rather than reacting out of whatever it is, particularly fear. I think fear is an enormous motivator in our lives or controller. In so many young mom's lives, oh, or mom's yeah, lives. I think for for, for all everybody. age moms, <laughs> yes,
1: so it is. I, I agree. Fear is so detrimental to all of us, and we don't even recognize it as fear sometimes.
0: All right. So to get more practical, what are some actual steps besides the breathing? What else could we develop to say this is how to be an emotionally responsive mom rather than a reactive mom?
1: Well, I think one of the first things I would think about would just be. Being aware and alert. That's true.
0: Now, alert, though, for me, sometimes I was alert to Rebecca, but I was doing it out of, like, fear instead of responding.
1: But it's like a fireman. A fireman works all day at the station, cleans the fire truck, makes meals, whatever firemen do. Plays video games. (laughs) Yeah, yes, (laughs) whatever firemen do. But they're always listening for the alarm. And they're always staying alert for the alarm. And when the alarm goes off, they don't panic. They respond. Wow. That's why they're called first responders.
0: (laughs) What a great picture because they do it. They're intentionally responding. Yes. And there's no fear involved.
1: No, and they're not tripping over themselves. They've got it all down to an art who goes where. They're out the door.
0: To put the fire out. That's excellent. So awareness and alertness to help us be responsive. And then I think a huge thing also, absolutely, with devices and the electronic world that we're in, simplify. Yes. Because it's too much input. If those firemen had 10 or 12 alarms going off every hour... How in the world could they gather themselves to be able to respond correctly?
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. We just have too much external things in our lives. And if there's any way possible, trying to simplify your life as a mom, cutting out—we're not just talking about devices, but just making your day-to-day living more simple, (laughs) cutting out things that aren't really necessary—
0: we know we don't live life and we don't parent in a vacuum but if we can grasp simplifying in some ways then we have maybe the emotional bandwidth yes so that we can respond out of it yep to our kids having too much going on.
1: Yes, I know my husband was active duty military for 30 years, so we had an extremely busy life. We had functions all the time with his work, things we had to go to. We had uh, groups we belonged to that we did once a week, people that came to groups at our house once a week. So from the time my children were little, I had way too much going on and that's one of the one of the things I said to my daughters don't do as much as I did.
0: Well, you mean your grown daughters. My grown mm-hmm. exactly,
1: my I'm sorry, my adult mm-hmm. daughters. I told them do not do as much stuff as I did cuz I just was trapped with too much stuff. You were too scattered. Absolutely. It would
0: be a fireman that was responsible for the western United States. Yeah. And how can you respond correctly when you're Yes. Triggered all the time.
1: And it's hard when you're younger. You sometimes don't know what's a legitimate pressure and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And, and he was in a position where he was expected to have things look a certain way and be a certain way. And that's a lot of pressure. And I know some women out there will have have businesses and things that are that way. But you do have to say, is this really necessary?
0: Wow. To cut back. Yes. now I'm going to ask you a really honest question. Okay. And this is for all moms all ages. When you went to your girls and you said, "I didn't do it the right way. Learn from me and do it this a, a better way." Did you apologize to them?
1: Yeah. I said, uh, "That's probably how I started it." I said, yeah. "I just want to say and I have three daughters, three adult daughters, and I said it over a period of time. I just I just want to tell you that I'm sorry that I had so much going on in my wow. life that sometimes I wasn't responsive. To maybe what you needed in the moment.
0: I will tell you. I think what you did is almost the top of everything we could possibly do in parenting. Is be genuine enough and humble enough to apologize correctly to your children. Like yes, it you has did. to. It
1: has to be sincere. Yeah. Way, otherwise, it's just mm-hmm. lip service.
0: Like you're saying. Yeah. Also, another thing I wanted to point out. It's very interesting because you said. The way you did chores, when we were talking about that, it was very simple, very straightforward, very limited and direct. Right. And yet, your lifestyle wasn't. It was so much more scattered and yes. too many different things. It was fun, but it just was
1: too much with a family of five children. <laughs> yes. we, we moved 19 times in uh, 30 years, so... That's a
0: lot of distractions. Yes, it
1: is. It is. We have very flexible children, needless to say. That's
0: true. (laughs) Plus, you did live in Hawaii. Yeah. In the Philippines. Yes, we're really suffering. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get it down. We've talked about all of this, and I really do think this is a core, deep foundation, beginning with our little imprinters. What would you say if we could leave one thing To say, moms in your season of zero to five ish, what would you leave those moms with? I think I would say a little bit of what we're saying here. And if we don't simplify, we can't. Relax a little bit, relax without removing the awareness. That's, I guess, that's it. Mm -hmm. Relax just a little bit, breathe a little deeper yet still be aware with them.
1: Yes, both within your own heart and situationally.
0: Yes, but you can't, if we don't simplify, if we don't prioritize like that, shrug it off a little bit, but stay aware of your children.
1: Yeah, that's very good. And I think for me would be enjoy your children. Okay,
0: that was the other word. I was trying to choose between the two. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: and I think that I enjoyed my children, but I could have enjoyed them more Mm -hmm. if I wasn't so obsessed with other things and getting things done that weren't as important. And I think that's an important thing is just loving your children and enjoying your time with them. And that you, you won't get that stage of their life back again.
0: That's true. I mean, it in a... Blink of an eye. And I know everyone tells you that moms. And when you're there, it doesn't feel like it. Mm Because I remember
1: when people would tell me that and I would be like, okay, this is the 500th time I've changed a diaper in an hour. It doesn't feel like it's going to go by quickly, but it does. Or
0: whatever you're trying to teach or work on. But if we slow down, because I did enjoy my children. Like I said, I happen to like children a lot. And by nature, rather nurturing But it was when I got too much, when I was stretched too far, the enjoyment left. And it wasn't all fun and games. And that's what I encourage you moms. Try to use some of this so you can get yourself in a place where your little imprinting ducks. Yes. (laughs) Know that they're enjoyed and that you laugh with them more. Yes,
1: because those are the memories
0: that you will have forever. It sure is. Unfortunately, our time is gone. Moms, until next time, remember, hang in there. Keep loving, keep persevering, because it's worth it. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for listening to the Parenting Podcast. We hope it was encouraging to you and maybe gave you some new ideas to help or just a little lift in your parenting day. Remember, we drop our episodes every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any. Like or share or leave your comments. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to go to our website, theparentingpodcast.com, where you can find talk notes and other resources. And of course, follow us on social media. We're glad you were here today and look forward to next time.